Providence will be really good again and maybe the best team in the area this upcoming season. I mentioned, I tweeted this out last week. I think Jennings County will be the front runner in the local 4A sectional in the Hoosier Hills Conference. The thing is with the Panthers, they're a big shooting team. If they're hitting it, if they're shooting it well, it's going to be hard for anybody to beat them. They've got so many good guards that can shoot it. Uh, but if they're not shooting or having an off night, they will be beatable. So uh, it's kind of a hard read as we uh, get ready to wrap up the league. But I know one thing, it's going to be fun to see how it all uh, factors out as we get next high school basketball season started uh, in late November, early December, and I'm already excited about it. Also, some games tonight at Clarksville as well to wrap up our girls' portion of the Kentuckiana Summer Basketball League. Uh, those games start at 5.30, both at Clarksville High School. There are two courts going there and uh, some uh, games over at Clarksville Middle School as well. So a final night of the high school girls league set for Clarksville High and Clarksville Middle Schools tonight. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall for the latest on IU basketball. We'll get into Alex's thoughts for next season and uh, some of these new names with recruiting. It's uh, hard to keep up with them. A new day, a new name, a new scholarship offer. So Alex Bozich next on all things IU basketball here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, always my guest in this segment on Thursdays. We talk IU basketball and more. And, Alex, it's the uh, first time we've had you on. You were out last week since the passing of longtime producer Douglas Scott Wilberton. And it's been a, a tough time here at the Big X. And I know you wanted to share some thoughts on Douglas as we begin the segment, but, but a really good friend to this program over the years. Yeah, man, I was uh... – very uh, upset and, and uh, just wanted to send out condolences uh, to him, to his family. Um, you know, when we talked a couple weeks ago and you shared the news, it was just shocking because I had just talked to him the day before and, you know, I, I didn't know him personally other than just he would call me every Thursday morning and it would be him and that you could count on the same voice every Thursday morning to call me and act in a professional manner. And, and from what you've told me, he was a big part of what you guys do there at the station. And just like when we lost, you know, Lee Kelly, unfortunately, you know, I looked forward to talking to him every Thursday when he would join you on the show. And, and the same thing with Douglas. And he would call me every Thursday morning and ask me if I was ready to go on. It was good to hear his voice and just very, uh, very sad uh, to learn of his passing and want to send condolences uh, to his family and friends. And, and obviously to you that uh, I, I sympathize with, you know, the situation is very, very tough, but uh, I think what he would definitely want the show to go on and, and 
hopefully uh, he's resting in peace and we'll continue to keep him in our thoughts and prayers. Absolutely. Very much appreciated. Tough week a week ago. His funeral was last Friday, and again, you you hit the nail on the head. He was such a big part not only of this show but of all of our local coverage and play-by-play. And as uh, we get into football and other sports next year, it's just going to be odd to not have his voice on the other end producing things. So thank you so much, Alex, for those kind words to begin our chat today. Um, Let's get into some IU stuff. There's really no shortage of things to talk about here in the off season, uh, I, I, every day a, a new name, and I guess that's just par for the course at this time of year. Monday, Tuesday, and now uh, Thursday of this week, we've had new interest uh, uh, and scholarship offered players to talk about. IU's been really active, it seems, in the 2024 class here over the last week or two. Yeah, I think the reason you're seeing more of a shift towards 2024 is with 2023, they've already obviously got two commitments, and they're they're working on some bigger names and some guys maybe that they're a little bit further down the line with and hoping this week and then later into the summer and, and fall, I think we'll think we'll see maybe a, a more clear picture of who they want in 2023, but I wouldn't expect it to go beyond maybe two more commitments for that class um, just based on, on numbers and everything, at least in the fall period. Um, but then with 2024, obviously, uh, June 15th was the first day that they could directly contact uh, a lot of these prospects. And you're seeing a lot of schools uh, reach out in different creative ways. We've talked in the past, Matt, I think about how you can actually reach out beginning at midnight at, on June 15th. I don't necessarily think that's something that Indiana does as much as some of these other schools. But, uh, yeah, 2024 now is you're starting to see some more offers pile up. And I think this is, you know, this summer and this fall will be a great opportunity to to get some guys on campus and, and start to maybe formalize a, a list of you know, who the top priorities are in, in 2024. The one thing I will say about that class, it doesn't seem like in terms of in-state talent, uh, it's going to be all that strong. So you're probably going to see Indiana uh, have to, to kind of move out uh, beyond the borders of the state of Indiana uh, to get some players for that class. All right, Alex Bozich is my guest talking IU recruiting to start. It's going to be a busy month to close out June for the IU coaches. They'll have the opportunity to hit the road starting this weekend. And actually, it's kind of a new thing. It's I think this is year two or three for it. You can, you can attend high school events if they are certified. And uh, a huge event taking place this weekend down in Shelbyville, Kentucky at Collins High School, also Shelby County High School as well. The list of teams there is just staggering. A lot of the local teams, I believe Indianapolis Cathedral, which means Xavier Booker will be there. There's teams from Florida and out of state. Uh, It should attract uh, IU and so many programs from across the Midwest and really the country right to that one tournament. Yeah, I think it's a positive uh, thing, too, that they've started to allow this last couple years because, it gives you just another opportunity to evaluate a kid. Obviously, the AAU and the EYBL and Adidas and all that have kind of been the gold standard for evaluation because you're seeing guys kind of play against other Division One players. But in the high school setting, you can also see how a player maybe fits on his team if he's kind of the featured player or leading other young guys. So I think it's just a, another tool that coaches are going to have in their toolbox in terms of evaluation. So I'm glad uh, – as many opportunities as they can give coaches, I think, to get on the road and see kids, uh, I think it's a positive because, you know, the transfer stuff has only increased over the last uh, several years, and I think it's going to continue to based on the fact that guys can move freely uh, with the transfer portal. 
But I think the more data points that you can give a coach and more opportunities uh, to evaluate a player, uh, the less mistakes they're going to make. And with COVID and everything that happened and uh, the, the lack of opportunities over the last couple of years, I think coaching staffs are going to have to be making up for lost time here and really uh, try to gather as much information and make good decisions in terms of offers and who they ultimately bring into the program. Talking to Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Of course, the high school stuff this month, and then in July, it's back to the recruiting grind as normal. There's not as many weekends or days of uh, opportunities for college coaches to get out on the road, but there's so many big weekends and so many big events that uh, July also going to be an opportunity. So my point is the IU coaches starting, I'm sure there's never a dull moment for them with recruiting, uh, but the IU coaches starting this weekend, they're going to be gone a lot this summer, even into into July. Absolutely. Uh, And and the key there is, also, you got to remember summer workouts and things are really getting ramped up. You got freshmen on campus now. You're starting to work more with your team and got to have a, a really solid infrastructure and a lot of organization because when these coaches are gone, you got to have the right people there on campus to help make sure things are running smoothly. Obviously, Cliff Marshall has a big hand in that, but Indiana has a, a really solid support staff and people around the basketball program. Uh, and the other, th- the other good thing is, Having guys like Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson back in the program, when the coaching staff's away, those guys can, you know, obviously act as leaders and make sure the work uh, that's getting done. Because really, we talk, you know, we'll talk in in the fall and when the season starts, Matt, about things like did Indiana improve in, in X, Y, or Z. Well, right now is the time when all those, all the work is really happening and when guys can make improvements. So this is as important a time of year as any. Uh, not only for recruiting, but for uh, players that are returning to the program uh, to get better and put in that off-season work. So it's a, it's a hectic time for coaching staff. You know, you talk about n- not really being any time off, and we've gone from the end of the season to the transfer portal. So now guys are on campus, and now you got recruiting, and now you're trying to build your team for next season. So there really is no no rest period, and it's full speed ahead here as we head into the summer. All right, uh, Alex, Xavier Booker, there's not a hotter name right now in our state and maybe even in the country uh, after what he's mm-hmm. done this spring. And I get so many questions from fans and listeners that want to know, you know, do you really think Mike Woodson and the staff have a chance to keep him? Uh, can they land this signature recruit? And uh, the, uh, you can, you're going to know more than me, and I don't, I'm not sure that any of us know, know the full story right now, but with all the new interest that he's receiving uh, and all the new scholarship offers, his recruiting clearly has went to a mega national level. I mean, Gonzaga offered him earlier this week. I think that's the latest offer that he's received. I think it's a good sign for IU that he was on campus yesterday after taking a junior year official visit back during the season. I think it's a good sign he's keeping in touch and willing to make that trip, and that that has to tell you that as he turns and heads into the home stretch of his recruiting coming up in future months, you would assume that IU is at least going to be a factor. I don't know if they're going to get him ultimately, uh, but people really wanting to know where IU stands with Xavier Booker. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. Um, it would be tough under normal circumstances if IU would have had the full court press on the whole time. I just don't get the sense that they did, um, you know, in, in the last couple of months, uh, they've, they've really picked things up. But before that, obviously, they recruited them at all. But I don't know that he was top of the list. And 
now that you're having all these doors opening for him, you got Gonzaga offering, you got Duke. I'm sure you know he's going to have a choice to go pretty much anywhere he wants in the country. Uh, there's no school that's not going to want him. It, it's this becomes a numbers game, uh, and where he uh, feels like he fits the most, and the more opportunities he has, and the more schools that are going to try to build relationships with him, it's going to be tough for Indiana. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not saying that they're not going to get him. I don't think they've done anything wrong per se, but now the fact that he's gone from a guy that was ranked, you know, 70 or 80 to number two, I think, and as high as number two in some of the rankings now. I mean, that that's a that's a huge jump, and he's a, he's going to be a huge, huge. Uh, guy to follow in July for a lot of schools, not just Indiana. It's a good sign, obviously, they had him on campus this week. As you mentioned, they got him into the junior year uh, official visit. But he's got five officials to take now, and he's got, what, 20, 30, 40 schools that are, you know, I, I see every day he's tweeting out new offers, so he can basically go anywhere he wants. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough thing uh, to land him for Indiana, and I, and I wouldn't necessarily put it as a knock on the coaching staff if he doesn't come, but uh, there, there's ground to make up there, and, and there's stiff competition. And you know, th- those are the recruitments that you want to be in, and you got to ultimately win some of those if you want to get your program uh, to where you want it to be. But I just kind of wonder, you know, if Indiana maybe could have pushed harder a little bit earlier, and that would have put him in a better position ultimately to land him. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Joe Lenardi, I know it's way early for bracketology talk, but hey, it's mid-June and fans are really pumped about IU's potential this year. Lenardi has the Hoosiers as a number four seed and a pretty good Big Ten interest in his first bracket that he's put out for the 2023 Big Dance. It's kind of par for the course right now. IU getting lofty expectations and lofty rankings uh, from uh, Big Ten projections and National College Basketball rankings here this offseason. Yeah, not too surprising. I mean, I, I put up my first off-season power rankings this week, and you know, I went through all the teams, and I didn't necessarily go into the exercise thinking I was going to put Indiana first. But uh, just when you just look at what they're bringing back and what other programs lost, and just kind of the league in general, it kind of feels like a transition year. So I, I'm not surprised necessarily that Lenardi has them that high as a four seed. Uh, ultimately, you know, I think they would aspire to be even higher than that uh, when the season actually uh, <clears throat> comes around and, and they have, I think, the talent to at least be that good. Uh, they've got basically all, everyone relevant from last season's team with the exception of, obviously, Rob Finnessy for defensive purposes and, and Parker Stewart shooting. Everyone else is back. They've had some really good, strong young players. So I think it's going to be a, a really fun season, but, uh, you know, the off-season bracketology stuff. I bet if you go back the last couple of years and look at what Lenardi's brackets looked like in June, uh, there's a ton of teams that, that make moves. And I think the thing with the Big Ten next season is right now you look at it on paper and you say Indiana is the favorite, but there's going to be two or three teams that we're looking past right now. And there's going to be some guys that make off-season jumps where it's not going to be just a open and shut case for Indiana to come in next season and win the conference. All right, Alex Bozich, my guest, and I think it's great how you word that because think about Michigan last offseason. I mean, if you looked at their team on paper with who was back after the NBA draft deadline, I don't I don't know how you could bet against them uh, to not be the Big Ten Conference favorite. So uh, I think that's a great recent example for fans to keep in mind that a lot can change uh, once you figure out the, actually who's who and who's improved and and it just it just changes once the season begins. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, I mean there's still teams picking up 
guys from the portal right now. I mean, Purdue just picked up a guard, transfer guard from Utah this week. So as much as we want to think that the rosters are set and everything, I think you've got still a lot of moving pieces out there and a lot of things uh, that can still develop. So uh, right now, I think on paper, it's fair to put Indiana as a favorite, but there's still a long way to go here. All right, Alex Bozich, my guess. Alex, we learn a little bit more about the schedule each week. I think we basically know most of the big matchups, but your take on the schedule, it's what Mike Woodson said. Uh, let me start off with maybe a schedule that's not as as exciting for fans, and let's, uh, as we have the right team in place, build that schedule to try to include some of the big games. He even mentioned Kansas and Kentucky real early in his career talking about the schedule, and it's clear that Kansas is back, and he's definitely wanting Kentucky back on at some point as well. Yeah, I mean, th- this season I think it's going to be ambitious playing Arizona, playing Kansas. Uh, they're going to get a Big Ten ACC Challenge home game. Don't know exactly who that's going to be, but I think we'll probably learn who that's going to be here in the relatively uh, near future. I think the Big 12 uh, SEC matchups got leaked today, and so I think the Big Ten ACC stuff is going to come out uh, fairly soon. Same thing with the Gavit games. So, um, I don't necessarily think necessarily think it's a it's a done deal that Indiana is going to be in the Gavit games, but we'll we'll see with that. I think um, maybe the reason that they scheduled uh, the Arizona game was to kind of get maybe a third marquee non conference game in case they're not going to be in Gavit. But uh, the yeah, kind of the other thing that we still have to learn. Uh, I, I noticed today that the the, the Big Ten noticed uh, announced the women's schedule, um, the conference matchups, and I think they're they're going to. Um, do the same thing uh, soon here for the men. So uh, that's something to be on the lookout for here in the next couple of days, weeks. All right, Alex Bozich with us Thursdays on the program. Alex, uh, great stuff. Uh, plenty of off-season chatter to get to. Appreciate your insight, and uh, we'll talk with you again very soon. All right, thanks, Matt. All right, Alex Bozich, com at Inside the Hall. You can also follow him on Twitter. Alex has been with us since the very get-go of this program uh, seven-plus years ago now. And uh, appreciate Alex's kind words to begin our chat today on Douglas Scott Wilberton, the longtime producer of this show uh, who uh, passed unexpectedly a week and a half or so ago. And uh, <clears throat> appreciate uh, those, definitely appreciate those words from Alex today here on the program. We will head to a commercial break when we come back. Our final segment here on this Thursday program Greg Walters, he's the new Floyd Central basketball coach. He replaces Todd Sturgeon, who had some great years for the Highlanders, and will meet Coach Walters next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. 
One of the fun things of the offseason is to catch up and learn about new basketball coaches here in the area. Greg Walters was approved earlier this week as the new basketball coach at Floyd Central, taking over a program that has had a lot of success in recent years. And Coach Walters, welcome to the show and congratulations on this new position. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on this afternoon. Absolutely. Uh, Coach, I I, want to start your uh, basketball resume here in the area is strong. Uh, You've been involved as an assistant coach and a head coach in a number of different programs for a long time at this point. So I guess for you, this is kind of the next step. You've led a program before. You've been part of the Floyd Central program before. And even more than that, you've been really a basketball guy from your days as a player. Take us through your career and how that's prepared you to take over this 4A job at Floyd Central. Yeah, I've kind of uh, I've been a little bit of everywhere here coaching-wise. Um you know, I started out at Beach Grove uh, coaching under Coach Randy Mills out there for a season. And, you know, being there and, and being a part of, uh, you know, kind of that Indianapolis area basketball. And, and then I uh, taught at Clarksville for a while and was an assistant coach there um, for several coaches, including Scott Matthews um, for the Clarksville Generals. And then I moved on to be a head coach for a while at North Harrison. And I did that for five seasons, and then I was an assistant coach with Todd Sturgeon at Floyd Central and, and coached the JV basketball team there and did that for five seasons. In the last three seasons, I've uh, been an assistant coach out at North Harrison. And as you know, as of now, I'm going to be the uh, the coach here at Floyd Central again. So really excited and looking forward to it. Coach, uh, obviously a, a great resume, a, a lot of stops at different schools. And I think you, you had a chance to be part of Floyd Central uh, under Coach Sturgeon in some very formative years for that program. Obviously great tradition at Floyd Central, but in recent time they just hadn't had the success that the Highlanders were used to some years ago. And with that coaching staff you were on, things really got rolling for the Highlanders. And we've seen Coach Sturgeon and the Floyd Central team reap the rewards, I think, of some of that buildup in recent years with some sectional championships and some Hoosier Hills Conference successes. What was it like to be part of the Highlanders during that real transition where things became very competitive once again and the Highlanders were a top team in the area almost year in and year out? You know, what a great coaching staff to be a part of. Um, you know, C- Coach Sturgeon's been uh, you know, coach of the year in our area and is a brilliant basketball mind. Uh, Ryan Miller was a part of that coaching staff, and I, I've definitely learned a lot from him and, and stay in uh, you know, close touch with him and continue to talk with him as his team just won the state championship. And, you know, it was a magnificent staff to be a part of. Learned a lot about preparation, and, you know, we were awfully lucky, awfully lucky to have a lot of good players fall in our lap, too. And it's just a, a lot of good coaches there at, the, at one time, and, and, you know, really great experience. And I definitely learned a lot, like I said, on the preparation side of, you know, Ryan had played college basketball and coach had coached at that level at the University of Indianapolis. And, you know, just some things, you know, you know that have gone on to, to prepare me for this moment. 
Coach Walters, I'm not sure a lot of people know this, but uh, recently, even though you've been at North Harrison as an assistant coach, you've been in the building at Floyd Central as a teacher. So you have an advantage. You obviously are in the school community. You know the players. You've had some of them in class. They know who you are. They might remember you from your previous time there as an assistant coach. So I would think that uh, unlike some coaches who come in, especially later in June once summer league ball is really nearing the back half of the month, it's a much easier transition for you because you know them and they know you in many cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we played, well, 10 games in two days, and I, I just left the school, so if my voice sounds a little, uh, a little raspy, <laughs> I was just in the school a moment ago talking to students, and, and no funny part, I had a player yesterday, we were on the bus ride home from Whiteland, and we were talking about how we just played against each other in the intramural basketball game, the teacher's team versus one of the students' teams, and it was having a good time. So, yeah, this will be my eighth year teaching at uh, Floyd Central. I teach uh, government and world geography. It's a great place to be, and I'm, I'm so excited for the opportunity. Talking with Greg Walters, he was approved earlier this week as the new boys basketball coach at Floyd Central High School. Now, I think I've got this right. I was at another location of Summer League the other night, but you were officially approved at, at one hour on Tuesday night, and just minutes after that approval, you were coaching the team and officially getting things underway. Is that correct? Well, yeah, I went down on Monday night, and okay. then we had practice at 7 a.m., um, and then we went and played, you know, two games out of New Albany High School, and then we played three games at um, Whiteland yesterday, and if you include the JV games, you know, we had uh, 10 total games in the last two days, so kind of a whirlwind to start, but a great way to get to know the players and kind of see what everybody can do and give everybody a chance to get out there and play a little bit and be seen, and then, you know, we can kind of buckle down next week and, you know, really get looking to, uh, you know, get into what some what we're going to do and maybe some of the some of the concepts we want to teach and, and run, which Coach, should be familiar to a lot of the guys having played for Coach Sturgeon. Absolutely. Coach Walters, how important is uh, this month and the summer, the off season for a coach, especially somebody coming in, taking over a program? I think for some of the reasons you've probably already mentioned, uh, it's so important in that first off season to have time to get your stuff in, to just develop those relationships on and off the court. Yeah, and especially, you know, a team that, that lost a lot of players. We only have two returning players, so you know, we're trying to find out, one, you know, who, you know, that next group of guys are, and, you know, there's a lot of competition for those spots. And you also want to get in your defensive principles, and you want to be able to set some of your, your offense up, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, and maybe professional sports, it's kind of like a training camp, really, where you're really trying to introduce the playbook and what how you're going to do things, because when the season starts, you really just have two weeks, and if you have guys playing multiple sports, you know, they may not be able to make full workouts and things where you could also, you know, interject some of those concepts. Coach, uh, I, talking about the off season and, and its importance, uh, obviously you uh, getting a, a view of other teams here this month as well and probably trying to make some mental notes about what things could look like next season for some of your opponents. As you come into this conference, the Hoosier Hills Conference, and come into this 4A sectional at Seymour now as a head coach, because of your experience, you're going to know a lot of the coaches and what they run. You're going to know a lot of the teams and what they're known for. And you've coached at different levels 
levels of basketball, different classes, different schools for so many years. Um, what what does it mean to you to come into this for a sectional where there are some longtime coaches and some very traditional programs uh, that year in and year out typically have success? Is this uh, is this a, a tough group to coach against? Is this uh, one of the better uh, fields of coaches with conference and sectional? You think you could go against in the state? Oh, definitely, definitely. And what a fun sectional. You know, a lot of my memories are, and I know you were there too, those packed gyms, you know, when, when Romeo Langford was playing and, you know, those heated matchups between New Albany and Floyd Central. And, you know, just even my son who was, you know, <laughs> in middle school at the time has, you know, fond memories of just that gym being packed and the excitement in there. I grew up around the Anderson area and going to the Anderson sectional and the Newcastle sectional, you know, two of the largest gyms that there were. The Wigwam, you know, is closed now. But just that excitement and, and being a part of it, you know, and excellent coaches all around in, in, you know, Jennings County and New Albany and Jeffersonville definitely definitely have our hands full for sure. All right, Coach Walters, final question for you. You mentioned not a lot of returning players from last season. You're going to use this summer and off season to figure things out about who that next group of guys for the Highlanders is. But one of those returning guys is Caleb Washington. He's had a really solid high school career so far in gearing up for a big senior finale. I know you're familiar with him. Uh, I fully expect him to be, I think he already has been, one of the best players in the area. Caleb's going to have to lead this team for you in more ways than just on the court, I assume, this upcoming year. Yes, yes, we're definitely looking, you know, for his leadership and, um, you know, whether it's getting the guys together and, you know, buckling down defensively or, you know, being able to go to him for a tough bucket, you know, in you know, towards the end of the game, you know, and just his leadership. Um, you know, he's one of the returning players along with uh, Tevi Ali, and we're just going to need those guys to really step up and, and be big for us and, and bring some of the guys. You know, we have several guys, you know, that have come out here. That, you know, there were some injuries and things. Maybe they didn't play in the past, so they're getting a look. And, you know, just their leadership to – to definitely give them a feel for high school basketball and what it takes to compete at the 4A level. Todd, uh, Greg uh, Walters replacing Todd Sturgeon as the new coach at Floyd Central. Coach Walters, again, congratulations. I've, I've known you now for many years and a fine basketball fellow here in our area. I look forward to a lot of future conversations, and uh, I wish you best of luck the rest of the summer. I know it's going to be a big off season for the Highlanders, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Well, I certainly appreciate you having me on, Matt, and I don't know if there's any replacing uh, Todd Sturgeon, but I will definitely uh, do my best to help fill those shoes and continue some success at Floyd Central. Absolutely. Certainly appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Coach Greg Walters, the new boss at Floyd Central, and uh, will be an interesting transition, and really, I think, an interesting year for the Highlanders. Uh, you heard directly from Coach, two players back, Caleb Washington and Tevi Ali, and while they're two great players to have back, a lot of question marks about who else uh, fills some of those key spots. So uh, some work to be done. Uh, but when it's all said and done, knowing the Highlanders and who could fill those spots, 
spots. And knowing Coach Walters and his experience, I think Floyd Central will be a very solid team in our area this upcoming season. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program. A reminder about Shady Rays, a new partner of ours here on the Big X. If you're tired of buying expensive sunglasses only to lose or break them, or worse, you never even wear them because you don't want to get them dirty, I want to tell you about Shady Rays, an independent American-owned company that started right across the river in Louisville, Kentucky. Shady Rays is changing the way you wear sunglasses in the outdoors. They offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is offering 25% off, so you can try them out and see what they're all about. Use code word BIGX, all one word, B-I-G-X, at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. Thanks so much for being with us here on this Thursday program. Don't forget, you can always catch us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, and really, wherever you may listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. You can listen. Uh, the podcast is normally up an hour or so after our live show each day, uh, so each afternoon you can always find us as a podcast wherever you listen to them. And a reminder that we'll be back on Friday for our final show of the week. Uh, big show on Friday, Chris McIntyre outgoing coach of the New Albany baseball program, uh, 28 years as the head coach of the New Albany baseball program. He's going to be with us Friday. Also, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will stop by, and Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will talk IU basketball, football, and more when he's with us on our Friday program. Have a great Thursday. Uh, try to stay cool. Really humid, really hot out there. Don't forget about summer league basketball tonight at New Albany and Hazelwood, uh, right next to New Albany. The middle school admission is $3. Games start this afternoon at 4.30 and end tonight around 9.30 p.m., the final day of the Kentuckiana Summer League. Have a great day. Back with you Friday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Denison.